Art Speaks, a program presented by the William King Museum of Art in Abingdon, Virginia. I'm your host today, Anna Buchanan, and our guest today is Summer Apostol. So Summer, can you tell me who you are and where you're from? Yeah, um, so I'm Summer. Um, I identify as an artist and a curator. Um, I'm originally from Jacksonville, Florida, which is very far away from Southwest Virginia, but what brought me here uh, was Emory and Henry. I just, you know, was applying to schools that were as far away from home as possible and with a free application, <laughs> and Emory and Henry happened to be one of those. And um, I got a call that I could vi- come visit the school for free, so of course I was like, yes, I'll do that. And as soon as I stepped onto the campus, I just fell in love and knew that I needed to be there and um, I haven't been able to leave since. So I'm also would uh, describe myself as an Appalachian transplant for sure. Um, yeah, I, I can absolutely <laughs> relate to the Appalachian transplant. <laughs> so you're, you're not alone. So Summer, when initially I know when we talked about the radio show, um, I was interested in hearing about freelance curating and mm. do you identify as a freelance curator i know now you've you're working at, at um the reese museum yes. at etsu yeah so um i guess i should have mentioned that in my intro no, about myself that, no. but um, <laughs> i just recently became the assistant curator at the reese museum which is on the campus of east tennessee state university and um, before I got that position, I was freelance curating at Salt of the Earth in Abingdon, where I was also employed as the manager. Um, but I wanted to uh, just create opportunities for myself and for artists in the region. So I asked my boss, hey, we've got this lovely space. We've got First Fridays that are going to start happening in Abingdon. Can I put on art shows so I can put that on my resume? Because ultimately, like, I want to be a curator. Um, and my boss, Jill Woodward, who is just the most amazing woman ever, uh, you know, graciously let me use her space uh, to host these artists um, and to kind of put my own creative spirit <laughs> into this and build this sense of community when, you know, we were still in the throes of the pandemic, really. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And I just was really missing that connection, and I could see how much. Um, all of my friends who were artists were struggling. So I just wanted to have something for us to try and build, start building back community. Mm-hmm. So as to if I identify as a uh, <laughs> freelance curator now that I have this title, I would say yes, I do. Uh, because just because I, I, it's just, you know, you have many different hats. And uh, the work that I do at the Reese ultimately helps and informs the work that I'll continue to do on my own and vice versa. Mm-hmm. So. so I think a lot of people, they, they don't know even what a curator is, let alone mm-hmm. a freelance curator. Mm-hmm. How would you define a freelance curator? Yeah, a freelance curator would be someone that is not necessarily tied to an institution, but is more into, it's like grassroots curation, I would say, and like community-based curation, which honestly, in my opinion, is community-based and uh, it kind of helps alleviate some of that stress and tension that can come from entering a gallery space, because that can be very 
intimidating to some people. And so, yeah. And so my big goal with other than trying to, you know, help artists and help myself, um, is, was to just make space for community members to see that, okay, art really is everywhere. Um, I have the potential to, um, understand and connect with art and hopefully and potentially work through other things um, that the artist brought up that makes you like reflect on yourself. And then when you're in those, um, I think the freelance curated shows that are, you know, more community based, you have the artist right there who you can talk with and like having, you know, the curator who put it together right there to talk with and, you know, relate you know, oh, I got this idea to do this by walking on this street that you walk on every day. And, Mm -hmm. you know, just showing that um, we all can connect in some sort of way. And art is that vehicle which helps do that. That was so beautifully said. Oh, thank you. Um, So can you talk to me about and I know you mentioned your boss, Jill, and and getting your start at, at Salt of the Earth. But what what did you study at Emory mm. and Henry? Did that relate? Does that relate to your cur- curatorial, yeah, your curatorial duties in the freelance world? Mm. Or what was that journey from school to mm. freelance? Yeah, so I studied history and sociology at Emory and Henry. Mm. I've got both degrees in that. And I would say for a long time in undergrad, I was like, I don't know what I'm going to do with this. I just know that I really love thinking about people and the context of society and how we relate to each other. And, you know, I think the biggest thing that I've carried with me from Emory and Henry is from one of my sociology classes, environmental sociology. And one of our projects was we had to create a utopian world that we like wanted to live in that would you know account for all of these horrible things (laughs) that were going on and uh, then we had to like give a presentation on like why my world would be the best one and I've kind of always carried that with me that you know it's possible with all of this knowledge that I have I can create the world that I want to live in Mm -hmm. and then what made me decide to use art to create that world was my museum studies class that I took at Emory and Henry mm-hmm. um, with the wonderful Dan Van Tassel. Uh, he was the curator at the McLaughlin Center for the Arts at the time, and now he's the department chair for the art program. And he kind of took me under his wing and uh, showed me what it meant to be a curator and helped me learn like how to put up an art show. Like A lot of people don't think about all the work that goes in to putting up an exhibit and it's a lot like I never had used a drill before that class Mm -hmm. I had never framed and matted and all of those things um, that it takes to put on a show and just like living in that world and seeing that I can be accepted into it and revered was just like mind altering for me as well so I just Ever since that class and um, working in the gallery and just seeing what that life was like, I was like, this is it. Okay, I know how I'm going to take my history and my sociology and like what kind of world I want to build and live in. This is it. I want it to be through art. And it took me a while to uh, realize that it, 
I could still build that world on my own and not through an institution. And yes, you know, I think these larger institutions like the William King, the Reese Museum, the Birthplace of Country Music, they're all so wonderful for the community. And if it wasn't for these larger institutions, uh, people like me and local artists, you know, we couldn't exist because, you know, there needs to be in some sense that larger place to look to, to, you know, get more people. Um, but I also think the grassroots is also very important. They, it all has to work in tandem as like a living, breathing community organism, mm-hmm. <laughs> if you will. Yes. What would be your advice for combining mm. grassroots and the institution, if, if you feel that that is possible. Yeah, I think it's definitely possible. I think it's, you know, interviews like this that help, um, that, you know, help show that these grassroots things are happening. Cause yes, um, as much as I love the work that I do on a small scale, I only reach, you know, I have a small reach. Y'all have a larger reach. And so doing interviews like this, I would say maybe like you all already do have shows featuring regional and local artists. And um, I love how the William King promotes um, other events that are going on. So I would say that's that's really it. And maybe having, you know, more community based meetings within the institution where we invite Mm -hmm. different people from the community to sit down and talk about like okay, what does the museum want? What does the community want? What do the freelance artists and curators want? And how can we do that together? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I really like that, um, going back to just how you got started, I really like that you mentioned, I didn't know how mm. I was going to use all this knowledge. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know how I was going to use these these two degrees. Mm-hmm. Because I think, uh, and, and of course this station is promoted on on a college campus Mm -hmm. with undergraduates and I think that undergraduates think I need to know exactly what I'm doing and that's completely not true yeah what would you say to someone who is coming out of school thinking I think I want to do freelance curatorial Mm. work Mm -hmm. I would say um it's totally possible you have it within you everyone has the power within them to create and to um, create the world you know that they want to live in and so I would say that's the first step is just really believing in yourself because it does take a thick skin and I'm not going to say I haven't you know like been overwhelmed or cried before and it doesn't matter like what job you do you're going to get if you love it and you're passionate about it you're going to have all the emotions (laughs) about it and then some other advice I would give is you know really talk to your community and get involved um, because it's you know no one's going to want to listen to you if you're just like this random person like where did you come from like you've got to got to really get into the community um, and and show your grit and show your worth and also I would say you know don't be hard on yourself don't be a perfectionist that's something that I you know struggle with but honestly, no one knows what they're doing. (laughs) And and I think the sooner that you realize that, the freer you are to really do um, what's in your heart and your soul. You said that and my (laughs) shoulders like relax. (laughs) Right? (laughs) 
I love going into places and like meeting with artists and just be like, just saying like, you know, honest, like I love what I do and I think I do a good job, but for the most part, I don't know what I'm doing. Can you agree with me that we don't know what we're doing and we just want to do good? (laughs) (laughs) And that like kind of just, oh, okay. Yeah. Puts everyone at ease and, um, yeah, I, I just, I love that. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. This is Art Speaks, a program presented by the William King Museum of Art in Abingdon, Virginia. I'm your host, Anna Buchanan, and our guest today is Summer Apostol, and you're listening to WEHC 90.7 FM. Summer, do you remember the moment when you thought, oh, I need to be a curator? Mm. I think I brought this up maybe slightly, but it was definitely when I was working in the McLaughlin Center for the Arts Gallery at Emory and Henry. That was the first time I had been allowed in a space like that and, you know, lifted up and told, you know, that I could, this is something that you could do. Um, and just being given the, you know, the, the freedom to interact with artists and to actually use my hands to drill a hole in the wall and measure and put things up. I think that first, that first show at, in the McLaughlin Center for the Arts, my junior year of college was just like mind altering for me. And then given the opportunity that same semester to curate my own show, um, and then McLaughlin Center for the Arts was just put the put the lid on the pot. I was like, that this is it. I know I can do it now because I've done it. And um, what was that show? It was called Faces, <laughs> and uh, we took from the uh, permanent uh, collection at Emory and Henry, and it was through my museum studies class. And you know, we did a whole title title piece and did all of the signage and the writing for it Mm -hmm. and um you know just getting to go into this permanent collection that has so much history not only for the for the institution of emory and henry but for the greater appalachian region at large uh was just really amazing to see and to be able to you know just have a reaction to this work and to show other people um on the campus uh, that look at what we have, look at uh, the history that we have. And, you know, for that show, I also got the opportunity to present on the main stage um, in the McLaughlin Center for the Arts on Ampersand Day, which was also really huge um, for a little undergrad summer. (laughs) (laughs) Let me tell you about art and museums and curation. And so really, that was the first bug where I was like, okay, I have a voice and Mm -hmm. people are going to listen. I like how you talked, you, you mentioned you have a voice, so it was mm. like a platform, yes. like a physical but also a metaphorical yes. platform. Mm-hmm. What do you personally hope to accomplish when you curate a show? Like, what would you say with each show, what is Summer's ultimate <clears throat> goal? Yeah, my ultimate goal is to create space for understanding each other, I would say. Mm. Um, and especially that's, you know, in the freelance or professional realm, that's ultimately what I want to do no matter what. And 
honestly, through the freelance shows, I've seen that uh, that that can happen. With my own art show that I did uh, back in August, that was the first art show I'd ever done. You know, I got to actually see that creating space helps people work through things. Like I had so many people come to that show and walk through the the whole experience and at the end just like having tears. And like, even though what I was speaking to in that exhibit was very, very specific to certain traumas that I had experienced, you know, just having that space to, to let go and to to feel, I think, really, and like to speak openly about things that we go through and things that are in our mind um, and not, you know, hold them in, I think allows for other people who don't necessarily feel like they have that creative energy within them, it's still a release for them. And it's, you know, breaking down that, that barrier to, I can't create, I'm not I can't do anything with art, you know, I can't feel, I can't do anything. Having those spaces and allowing for open interpretation and communication, I think just, yeah, is the main goal. That's so wonderful. (laughs) Can you talk to me about that? You mentioned like you are creating a space. Mm -hmm. Do you feel like when you are creating space, you're creating a safe space Mm. where people who maybe don't have agency in other Mm. spaces or or, or don't feel accepted in other spaces can feel accepted into your your curated space? Mm, Most definitely. Um, And I think my goal with curation, how I always try to set it up um, in in the physical sense is that it's very open and you're going on a journey And, you know, you're not alone. Um, There's other people here if you need a moment. Like, there's... And I like to make different spaces within one space so that, you know, there's a space for for feeling it all. There's a space for taking a moment to reflect. There's a space for communication with other people, all within this big space. Beautiful. Yeah. What What do you hope... And you may have touched on this a little bit, but what do you hope the audience takes away mm. with each show? Yeah. Or what do you hope that they take away from from the work? And that could change with each show, but mm-hmm. yeah. What I, about your audience? Yeah, ultimately, um, I just want the audience to feel like I felt um, when I first walked into um, the McLaughlin Center for the Arts, that I was accepted, that I had a voice and that I could connect and relate. So ultimately I just want the audience to to realize that they they also have a voice and that they can see themselves in this work of people who are actually in their community living today and that art and isn't just something that's in the past or something that can't be understood. Um, so switching gears. Yeah. Prior to this interview, you mentioned to me that your journey was becoming an artist was a little yeah. bit different. You became a curator first, and then you mm-hmm. became an artist. And I, I know for a few people that's, and myself included, that switch. So mm. talk to me about when you said, "Oh, I need to, I need to get messy and create." Yeah. And yeah. Um, yeah. So it's funny. I remember. Um, 
uh, Dan Van Tassel, my the museum studies professor that I had, mentioned to me one day, like, I know you're an artist. It's going to come out some, <laughs> at some point. Like, I know it is. I was like, no, Dan, you don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> I'm never going to be an artist. I'm just here to support the artists. And that is a role that I was very comfortable in. And I just kind of liked being this person on the on the sidelines, like pushing other people up. I've always just been very comfortable with that. But I think, you know, the pandemic made me step back and think a lot about um, why I do what I do. And then, you know, putting on these exhibits at Salt of the Earth and seeing how how well received they were by artists and community members alike um, and just seeing the the resiliency of um, so many artists in this region that I've, I've grown to love and care about, I just, you know, I was like, why can't I do that? Mm-hmm. I keep telling everyone that anyone can do it. Mm-hmm. And why can't, what is, and I'm not living like my truth and I'm not <laughs> being honest with myself. Um, and then, you know, lo and behold, I had a gap I needed to fill for <laughs> salt of the earth. And I was like, well, all right, Summer, this is this is the time. This is like the universe, whatever, saying you've got to put on a show. And I had, you know, a lot of pent-up anger and pent-up uh, emotions from some different, some different things in my life, and I needed to get it out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, um, you know, Salt of the Earth was just uh, this really healing place for me, and... And it felt just like the right time to really put myself out there because I felt so much support. And I'm so glad that I did. And I'm so glad that I have just another way that I can relate with people because, you know, sometimes it's just it's hard to say all of the things that are going on in our in our brains and in our person. And um, I think art is is the way to to do that in a less scary way. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and I think I think there's an art to curation as well. And I think that um, ultimately kind of learning about art from the outside <laughs> uh, really helped me to be able to, um, to put a show together and to make it the best show that I could make it. So you had your solo show mm-hmm. of your own work at yeah. Salt of the Earth. Yes. What was your primary medium, or was it mixed media? Uh, I had a lot of mixed media. So the show was called Time is Independent of the Events, and I kind of explored how memories translate through technology. Ooh. Yeah. And uh, so the way that I did that was I had, like I had this old... I leave, I have a lot of notes for myself on like the notes app on iPhone. I'm so, I like, I have so many different notebooks. It's insane. And, um, I was just like looking through it one day. Cause I was like, what is going on? And, uh, I had this, like this beautiful poem in there and in my notes app. And I was like, what summer, when did you write this? Like, I don't remember like what was going on. And so I started to kind of like, almost like an archeologist going through like someone's diaries and things like that. That's how I kind of approached going through um, my artistic psyche that I could see on my phone. So I started going back through pictures um, that were taken around the same time um, as 
I wrote this poem that kind of sparked all of this. And so I did a lot of like digital collage that I then blew up and put on like giant posters. And I had this, I had like this mirror that um, had like my handprint on it and then a bunch of like notes around it of mm-hmm. like a journal entry and then like all of the artwork that I had made in the past because I'd always like done like collage and um, things like that and just you know seeing how all of these little pieces of art that I've made throughout my life how they all connect um, and then Uh, where the show started was in the salt room and I had this sound collage going in the salt room of me doing a spoken word of the poem uh, that I had written with all of these different sounds that I have recorded or taken from NASA like they've had this recording of what a sun flare sounded like and it just sounded really good and I had this like old guitar riff on my voice memos that I was like, whoa, this really fits with how I'm speaking. And just, I like to record on my phone a lot too. So I'll record like, you know, the breeze going through trees or like my friends saying something or like me stepping on rocks or uh, different things like that. So I just took everything that was on this digital device and um, everything that I had saved from different, you know, little art things that I didn't really think much of at the time and kind of put it all together because I, I found these this common link like, okay, Summer, you're trying to work through something. You're trying to heal mm-hmm. and, you know, it doesn't matter what had gone on. Time was still moving mm-hmm. and here's where we are now. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of people really resonated with that mm-hmm. um, because especially with technology, it can get all, all of our feelings and all of our, everything can get so jumbled and lost and corrupted mm-hmm. and just like our memories. Well, Summer, we are almost out of time. Is oh, there gosh. anything else that you would like people to know, you would like students to know, or just the people out there listening? Yeah, um, I would say make it a goal to meet at least one artist, get to know the artists that are living in your region and, you know, take 30 minutes out of your day to create something, no matter what the end product is. If you use it for a show years down the road or never look at it again, I think um, I just want to stress that art um, is powerful and we all have the capacity to understand and relate to it and each other. And... Yeah, that's all I've got to say. <laughs> Summer, where can people find you and your curatorial services? Yeah, uh, so you can... Or your artwork, too. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm working on a website, but I haven't finished that yet. So you can find me on Instagram. My uh, handle is sum, S-U-M, thing or other. And uh, you really can... Cute. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and... Uh, I guess you can find me at the Reese Museum at ETSU. I'm there um, in person Tuesdays and Thursdays. Uh, You can find me at the coffee shop at Wolf Hills. I'm there pretty much all the days I'm not working. (laughs) Um, And you can find me at Salt of the Earth. I'm there Fridays and Saturdays. And I'm sure if you walk around Abingdon, you've also seen me walk around Abingdon because I'm walking around all the time. (laughs) 
Well, great, Summer. Thank you so much. Mm-hmm. It's been so great to have you. Oh, well, thank you for having me. It's been such a lovely conversation, and I really appreciate um, you and all of the work that you're doing as well. So thank you so much. Thank you. Be sure to join us next time on WEHC 90.7 FM for Art Speaks. Thank you.